Okay, so we mentioned uh, the other day before Shabbos, Thursday night, about uh, in the event that one uh, uh, submitted his uh, credit card information to make a purchase and then decides he doesn't want to go forward with it. So it's not such an easy matter halachically to go ahead and dispute the charge. It may very well be ushered to go ahead and dispute the charge in that, uh, that case. Uh, in the event that one isn't justified, one wants to back out just because decided you didn't want that purchase anymore and your credit card allows you to do so. Now he takes it one step further. Even a circumstance where uh, disputing the charge is actually justified. So in the event that the merchant is Jewish, you should go ahead and inform him ahead of time that you're, you're gonna, you plan to dispute the charge. Because by not telling him, so he is likely to incur some sort of charge which is going to cost him more money. And if you tell him that that's what you're planning on doing, he may just go ahead and may wish to reconcile with you rather than to incur the additional charge, which is money which you would lose anyways. So as a form of Hashavah uh, Aveda, so you should inform him of your intent. And that usually will, at the very least, uh, uh, begin negotiation as far as uh, how to settle the matter without having to go that route. Right, yeah. It depends on the amount and what uh, what exactly it is, but yes. <coughs> now, in the event that one put down money towards a deposit, and then you decide, you know what, I'm not interested. Even in a circumstance where it's clear the money is a deposit and it's not intended to affect any sort of Kenyan, you're not applying it towards the purchase price, that's going to be the, the purchase, that's going to be money you're going to pay later. But even in that case where it's not a Kenyan, in most instances, you're not going to be able to ask for the deposit. Most, it's understood that deposits are non-refundable. So in the event that it turns out that uh, you want to go ahead and get a refund, say you're not suffering a loss, this merchandise you have anyways, you'll sell it to somebody else, when you put down a deposit so that uh, you have to be aware that, uh, that you're likely never to see that money again. Okay, now he says, When writing a contract, so there are many things which, if, you, uh, if one were to go just to a lawyer and ask him to draw up a contract for you, so where there are things, with, there are clauses, or there are ways that it's going to be uh, uh, drafted, which does not match halacha. Circumstances where you may not be able to force the other party to pay or to honor the commitment or whatever it happens to be, whatever the contract says. Now he's going to give a couple of examples of that. Sometimes the Kenyan is something which is not a transfer of property. A Kenyan, in the most classic sense, is a, a transfer of property or a transfer of ownership. And if the Kenyan just obligates somebody to do something, but not to transfer property, so halachically that's not enforceable. So if you're going to write a regular contract without any special language, so that would be one clause which is unenforceable. And asmachta, number two, is an if-then type of agreement. If this happens, then you're going to pay this penalty. So a person agrees to that because they never uh, plan to trigger that thing, which would, kick, which would then cause the penalty. And if you want the person to pay, so that also you need special language. It may be that the contract uh, is about something or contains a clause about something which is not tangible. It's difficult to make a kinyan on something which is not tangible. Sometimes a kinyan includes those things which are future, so things which do not exist in the world. Kinasos and various penalties, which also, if they're going to be enforceable, they have to be formulated and they have to be drafted in a specifically halachic compliant manner. 
Now, we see contracts like this all the time, that people just go to the lawyer, have the lawyer draw it up, and then when they want to enforce it, they find out that halakhically there's no enforcement, there's no teeth to that, and they're not going to be able to do so. And they are, to say the least, disappointed when they, uh, when they hear that news. And therefore, in the event that the contract covers a lot of money, and it's money that you don't want to lose or you don't want to not be able to collect, so you should make sure to consult with somebody who is, uh, uh, has learned the halachas and has a lot of experience in writing contracts to make sure that you have one which is bulletproof where all the things that you want to happen are going to be enforceable in basin. Otherwise, it uh, becomes uh, very difficult and very frustrating to find out that's, uh, that that's not the case. The